You know, um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks because it's been like there's been a word that I've been wanting to release and and I've been asking Lord when it's going to happen and and I feel like today was the day so it's really cool and uh, um, but it's been one of those kind of words that I was like well Lord why did you give me those kind of words you know um, so we're going to go on a little bit little bit of a journey and I'm, I'm calling this morning compromise in the kingdom. Compromise in the kingdom. So um, you're going to hear me say some words in, in today, and it's going to be words that we've heard. This is really a message for the believers. You know, so I'm, I'm assuming everybody in here is a, is a born-again believer of the Lord. And, and if you're not, we want to pray with you that you will be by the end of the service. But this is a word for the believers this morning. And you're going to hear words this morning like renew. Well, transform, transformation, conform. And you might even hear some words that I make up because I do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but the ironic thing that these words that, we, that you're going to hear are words that we know. We, we, we know them in the scripture. Just bring me down a little bit, please. I'm, I'm a robot echo. Words that we know in the scripture, we know, you know, we, we think about Romans 12 too, do not be conformed and you know, be transformed. So we know these scriptures and we know them by memory. But it's, it's crazy because it's the very thing that we struggle with as believers. It's the very thing that comes and uh, it attacks us in our walk with the Lord. So we're talking about compromising the kingdom. So, Lord, give us strength as we go on this journey together. And I pray, God, that you would come and you would just touch our hearts this morning, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, that whatever is not of your heart, God, it would fall to the ground this morning, God. But every other word, God, that it would penetrate and it would pierce the hearts, God. Holy Spirit, that you would come in with your holy conviction, God, and you would just bring an awakening to our walk, God. That we don't just leave the way that we came in, God, but we leave transformed, God. We thank you, Father, that you would have all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, what is conforming? For those who don't know, I like to ask questions. And the reason why I ask the questions is because when we answer the question in our own self, we begin to, it's like a self-reflection. So if I ask or I make a statement, I'm not talking to you particularly, unless the shoe fits. And if it fits, then that's not my fault, okay? You just take that with the Lord. But so I'm going to ask you this question. What is conformity? Conformity. It means to conform to another pattern, to desire <clears throat> to be like something else or someone else. That means that we begin to do what they do, we say what they say, we want to go where they go. Come on, we see trendsetters, right? People, the culture, you know, if you're wearing a certain shoe, not everybody wants to wear that shoe. If a, if a celebrity wears something, right? Every celebrity. Well, why is it that every worship leader has to have a, a jean jacket and tight pants? I don't know. I don't get it. But somebody along the line set a trend. 
Somebody did. I'm not knocking it. No, I'm not knocking it. But I'm saying we create a culture and we, we, you know, okay, here we go. So we begin to conform to what we know. So a, con- a conformist, is that even a word, conformist? I don't know if it is. It, it is now, right? But a conformist is somebody who is afraid to be different. They feel the need to be like someone else or to be like everyone else. They don't want to they don't want to get out of the box because well they may not like me. Right? We get that a lot in ministry. They want to be like everybody else. But conforming doesn't just come from becoming like people. But it also comes like we become like the atmosphere that we're around. Have you ever been in a place where people are angry? And, I mean, I've been with our families at times where they, they go and you visit family members and they're all arguing and they're in a bad mood. And all of a sudden you get in a bad mood? Because the atmosphere changes and we begin to conform to the atmosphere that we're around. Therefore, the atmosphere has control over the very thing that Jesus came to set us free from. We begin to look like them. And instead of us being the light, we partake in what they become. People, listen, well, I don't want to get hold of myself. Okay, hit on myself here. <clears throat> we begin to look like people instead of looking like Jesus. We are not of this world, though, right? We, we see that. We know this. Well, I'm not of this world. I'm a citizen of heaven, right? I am. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God. <laughs> True story. We are ambassadors. We are kingdom ambassadors. We are citizens of actualization. We should, I mean, we should mobilize, right? But, but we begin to look like what we're around, We should look like a picture. We should look like a a, a legal representation of the kingdom of God here on earth. Like, Like we should look like heaven here on earth. John 17. Excuse me. John 17, 13 through 19. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world. That they may have joy, no, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them the word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Listen, you're not called to fit in. People will get angry when you're around because you don't fit in. The truth is, they're probably manifesting in front of you. Because the Jesus inside of you, they can't stand to be around. But when we look like them, we partake like them, there is no representation of the kingdom. We are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. 
As believers and as kingdom citizens, we are called to be transformers and not conformists. I love that old, remember the old, the old transformers? Transformers more than meets the eye. <laughs> Maybe I, I used to play with transformers, okay? I used to watch the cartoon. Well, I don't know about playing with them. I watched the cartoon, though. I still watch the cartoons. I'm not lying. I'll throw it on, man. Netflix Transformer. Ah, I like it. Ain't no shame in my game. But more than meets the eye, we are called to transform, not conform. As transformers, we will shift the culture around us. We should transform atmospheres. When we step place in a place, it should respond to the kingdom of God inside of us. People that are angry should like start forgiving each other. Have you ever been in a room? People like they come in the room and they just light the room up. And people that were angry and upset, now they're like, I don't even know why I was mad. That's the Jesus inside of you. We are called to shift and transform. It's because the kingdom of God is at hand. So I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer it out loud. But what atmosphere is created when you are around people? Do people around you see and hear Jesus? Listen, <coughs> excuse me. I'm not that, and, and, and don't get me wrong when I say this. I came out of religion. And when I say religion, I'm, I'm not here to do church as we grew up knowing it. I was really turned off by, by religion and, 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 and the understanding of do what I say and not as I do because I saw a lot of the hypocrisy in the church. I'm not going there. But what I'm saying is that I didn't give my life just to play church. This is real. This is a real deal for us. And where we go, and it should be real for you, everywhere you go, people should see the Jesus inside of you. Are you negative? Are you angry? What about disrespectful? What about depressed? I'm just throwing things out there. I'm not. What about, are you a murmurer and a complainer? All you do is complain? Oh, these seats hurt my butt. Well, buy us some new chairs. If you don't like, did you pay for the chair? Buy another chair. I'm just saying, you're complaining, murmuring, complaining. Are you gossiping? Well, did you hear what brother so-and-so did? What about sister so-and-so? Yeah, well, I heard this and I heard that. 
Oh, yeah, we got to pray for them, right? <laughs> well, let's pray. After you've gossiped about them and told the whole story, now you want to pray for them. Come on, don't, don't, don't. See, that's a deception that we try to play. That's that religious junk. Don't tell me you're full of God when you're always angry. <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're so good. Oh, but I'm battling depression. Listen, I'm not saying that it's not real. But what I'm saying is, because I'm going to go somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere, I promise. Don't throw your shoes at me yet. <laughs> Actually, in Argentina, they throw the shoes when they're excited about the gospel. So in Alabama too, yeah. But, but I ask you the question, how do people know that you're a believer? How will they know? If you're gossiping, complaining, if you're angry, if you're depressed, you're all these things, how do they know? And it's by our love. It's by our love. I'm going to read out of Romans 12, 2. This is out of the New King James Version. And it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <clears throat> now, I want to read it in the, tra- in the Passion Translation, because I love the way the Passion translates this. It says this, Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. (laughs) Come on, I didn't get that. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Now listen, in that scripture, in that, in that one scripture, <clears throat> that word reformation, it means reinstatement of the proper service to God that is based upon scripture. Reformation in that scripture also means To be realigned. It means renewal, reorganization, transformation, abolition, rebirth, reestablishment, alteration, an amendment, a change. Now let let me me put it in, in. It's the Holy Spirit through a total realignment, a total renewal, a total transformation, a total rebirth. A total recovery, a total shifting, a total rehabilitation. That's what that reformation means right there. It means that we will no longer function with our natural mind, but we function with the mind of Christ by having it renewed. Renewed. The remaking, come on. So... Allow me to expose that word expose, right? Such a scary word nowadays. <laughs> and sadly, because people have misused it, honestly. Yeah, it really has been misused. But there's a current scheme of the enemy. And once we begin to corporately bring it to light, 
we will see the dark areas be able to catch the wind of God. The things that have kept us in the dark, the wind of God will begin to blow and we'll begin to see. We will detach ourselves from the untruths that attempt to create and to sit upon us in our lives. It comes, the untruths tries to, it tries to move in. It's kind of like a squatter, like a vagabond. Come on, right? It tries to come in and, and like it puts up a little coffee table, you know, in our spiritual houses. But when people are connected to a fivefold ministry, some of the biggest warfare, we talked about this in our school, some of the biggest warfare that we see happens in our mind. It's in our mind. We see that the warfare is in our mind. The enemy will release onslaughts of thoughts, delusions, illusions, deceptions, suspicious, inaccurates, and even vain imaginations. We will begin to see things that are not even there. <clears throat> Listen, we have a whole school on this. We talk about the Leviathan spirit. We talk about the vagabond. We talk about the, the, the Jezebel. I mean, we break it down for you guys, and it has a lot to do with the scriptures. But the imagination... Attacks the progress and the advancement and the integrity of the ministry of God. The ministry of God is put inside your life. We have to be careful in discerning the thoughts and the whispers of the enemy because it can cause us to compromise. So we call the message today, Compromise in the Kingdom. Compromise. I recently shared uh, something on my, my Facebook wall the other day, a couple weeks ago, I guess. And I shared, our imagination outside of God is capable of taking us to a dark and dangerous place. It can produce terrifying and tormenting thoughts. This is the place that the enemy will come to attack. It's our mind. The devil will use our imagination as a playground if we let him. But when the Holy Spirit is present, our mind and our imagination is in sync with God's heart. And heaven's reality becomes ours. And it opens doors for us to enter into the most intimate conversations with God. See, our imagination was created by God. But conformity gives access to the enemy to come and whisper and to taint our thoughts. Because conformity gives access, and I'm going to get into this, to compromise. We have to be led by the Spirit because the enemy has an agenda, and his agenda includes uprooting people out of the places and away from people that they're supposed to be connected with and they're assigned to. One of the major assignments that we see of the enemy right now today is this, it is compromise. Listen, the Lord has been speaking to me about this, and, and I wasn't even sure I wanted to talk about it. But see, compromise, <laughs> Holy Ghost, <clears throat> compromise removes you from the promises of God. When we begin to conform, 
we, can, we begin to convince ourselves that we are in the right standing. When the truth is, it's a root of deception that the enemy uses to blind our eyes. See, compromise wants to remove the promises of God from our lives. It wants to remove the promises of God. And you say, I, I can hear you like this. Like, wait a minute. Where does it say that in Scripture? Well, I'm glad you asked, right? It's a great question. We see in Numbers, and this is for scriptures because we, if you want to put it up, we can put it up also. I'm going to be in Numbers 20. Moses compromised God's command, and he lost the privilege of entering into the promised land. Numbers 20, verse 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod you and your brother Aaron gave to the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. <clears throat> so Moses took the rod from the took the rod from before the Lord, as he had commanded him, and Moses asked Aaron to gather and assemble together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Now verse 12, this is the part I want to, that stands out. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and he says this, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Compromise can remove the promise of God. You see, compromise is a form of disobedience to God. I'm like, Lord, how does that work? Because the Lord has given us clear instruction in the word. And because we don't heed to the word, we pull back from the word and we do it our way. And when we do it our way, we begin to compromise the integrity of the word of the Lord, and we try to do it the way we want it to work for us and what best fits us. It's disobedient to God. And not only that, but listen, and it's rooted. Compromise, it's rooted in an unbelief. That's what, that's what the, the scripture just said, right? Or did I not read that right? Then the Lord spoke to Moses and said, because you did not believe. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly to the land. Because you didn't believe, because you compromised, you didn't believe. It's an unbelief. You missed the promise that God had. So now I ask a question. Again, don't answer it. What areas have you allowed compromise in your life? 
Are we um, one foot in and one foot out with the Lord? Are we only at church on Sunday? Listen, uh, this is not a, a word of condemnation at all. It's really not. As a matter of fact, yeah, you know, I'll get there in a minute. Are we only coming to church on Sundays because we're trying to fulfill a religious gift that we have inside of us, a guilt, a religious guilt? Oh, I got to be at church on Sunday. But every other day during the week, you're not there. During the week when you're at work, people don't know. Everybody thinks you're angry. You're always gossiping. You're always you know, depressed. They don't see Jesus in us, right? And, and listen, everything that I'm saying, I say for myself. I take for myself. We put on a facade in front of people so we can look good and we can look religious, right? We, we want to we look religious. Oh, brother. Um, you know. <laughs> Shaba. <laughs> we want people to see us a certain way when the truth is we're living a, a, a life of hidden sin. Not only is it a hidden sin, but it's an intentional sin. I heard somebody say this the other day, and it really hit me. Like, wow, I didn't think about this. But they said, do you have to go and delete what you're looking at on the Internet? Do you have to go afterwards and hit delete? Do you have to go and spray yourself down before you step in the church? Right? You try to hide something. But the truth is, at times, we live a life of being intentional and doing the things that we do, knowing that it can hurt us. It's almost like premeditated murder. Right? I know I'm getting ahead of myself here. Jesus, Lord. Compromise is a dangerous tool. That the enemy uses against us. You know, I even I even asked the Lord about this because um, I'm, I'm missing a lot of my notes. I know what happened to him. Holy Ghost. I asked the Lord about this message. I said, you know, I don't really know if I want to talk about compromising the church because people might get bothered by it. And I said, you know, it's okay. And the Lord told me, Will, will you compromise today? I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, will you tell them the truth? Or will you compromise? I said, oh. <laughs> so here we are. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not, listen. Compromise is dangerous. Let's go to Romans 8. Five through eight. Romans eight. And I'm going to read five through eight. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, the to the spirit, the things of the spirit. I'm sorry, hold on. For those 
Where am I at? The flesh, uh, flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are in the, according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for the mind is set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. And because the mind is set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it's not able, even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, let me read this in the Passion. Try to clear a little bit of that up. Passion Translation says this. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits them. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue the spiritual realities for the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. Pastor Oz, can you bring me my iPad really quick? It's in that bag. Thank you, really. Thank you so much. No, no, you're good. Okay, where was that? For the mindset to the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction. When we are of the flesh, we refuse to submit to God's direction. That's compromise. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure in those who are controlled by the flesh. See, I, I, don't, I didn't say it. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are not, jo and if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of him. Have we allowed the desires of this world to infiltrate our ecosystem? The things that are around us in this world. Have we allowed it to infiltrate our ecosystem? The renewed mind, listen, the renewed mind, the Romans 12, 2 the renewed mind is the ecosystem. It's the container of heaven. So you've asked, what's an ecosystem? Okay, glad you asked. You guys have a lot of questions this morning. <laughs> so what is an ecosystem? An ecosystem is a biological community interacting organisms in its physical environment. That's what an ecosystem is. Have you ever had a, 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 a fishing fish tank? And you've got to clean the fish tank. Well, before you clean the fish tank, you've got to take the old water out and put that in the new one because if you put them in fresh water, they'll die because there's not a certain amount of what they need to live. So it's the environment, the ecosystem that allows them to live. So... An ecosystem of heaven is a, it is a belief system 
of the reality of the kingdom. It's a kingdom community interacting from its heavenly environment. That's what the ecosystem of heaven is. Our thoughts and our language and our lives should come from that place of the renewed mind. The renewed mind. So I'm going to ask you a question today. What areas are you compromising in your life today? You know, we see in 2 Timothy 4, there's a, there's a scripture, and I hope I say this guy's name right, but his name was Demas. Demas? Demas? D-E-M-A-S. He compromised his walk with the Lord for the love of the world. 2 Timothy 4.10, let's read that. 2 Timothy 4.10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus, and Dalmatia. This story shows compromise can lead to the departure of faith. He was with Paul. He traveled with Paul everywhere. He saw the exploits of the kingdom. He saw the manifestation of the glory. He saw the power, the presence. He saw miracles. He was with the apostle Paul. Can you imagine? He walked with Paul. I mean, listen. He saw the goodness of God that the Lord did. But compromise pulled him away from his faith. And he left God. Compromise. He compromised his belief and eventually he left ministry to pursue the things of this world. That's deep, man. Listen, even the little compromises, the little bitty ones that we see, the little compromises are probably the most dangerous ones. You know why? Because the little compromises are the ones that crack the door open. And it cracks the door open and it holds it open for those big ones to come in. Right behind it. And what does that look like? It could be the thoughts. Did God say, look at that compromise. Did God say? And we saw what happened with Adam and Eve. That one compromise. <laughs> it opens doors. Listen, if you have a problem with alcohol, don't drink. If you have a problem with, with, with cigarettes, don't smoke. Because it's a gateway. Now you're, I feel like smoking a joint. Oh, now it comes to meth and then it comes to crank. And then, it's just, a, it's an opening door. 
It's a gateway. The little compromise gives access and authority. And now our, our marriages are falling apart. Now I'm no longer in ministry because I choose to do this instead of the, what God has in my life. I, 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 I don't want to, I know the promise that God has. Oh, I walked with Paul, right? I saw God do things. Oh, but I, 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 want, I want a party. I like my cigarettes. I like my, my little weed. And I like to drink a six-pack a weekend. And I, Listen, I, this is not condemnation. But will the Holy Spirit give us eyes to see? Is there compromise in the kingdom? And I'm not mad. Listen, I'm not, I know I'm, I'm like loud. But I'm not mad. I'm just very passionate. Because <laughs> the Lord asked me. He said, Will you, are you going to compromise this morning? And I'm not that guy, man. Listen, I'm not that one that's going to tell you, turn or burn. I'm going to love the hell out of you. If you're addicted to drugs or you're addicted to, if you have addictive behaviors, you're compromising. These are strongholds that want to keep us bound. They're the desires of our flesh. It makes us feel good. And anything that's about self, oh, that's a whole other story. Jesus. Probably have to do a part two on that, right? Now, let's go deeper. We always go to the obvious ones, right? Well, yeah, everybody goes to drugs. and and What if you're struggling with obesity? What if you're struggling with gluttony? truth. There's no difference. There's no difference. Sin is sin in the eyes of the Lord. If you continue to live a lifestyle of sin, when you choose to stay in that lifestyle, is different from you making the changes to do better. God honors you if you have an addictive behavior and you say, God, I don't want this no more, God. I give it to you. And as you give it to God, he meets you where you're at. And he removes those desires. And the person that's dealing with addictions, no longer do they have that desire. The person who's fat, <laughs> can I just say fat? I'm fat. All right, you're like, well, he's, he's going there, yeah. Because I got to talk to truth. If I sat up here and told you that I'm not trying to live my life better and trying to diet and, and make myself healthier and, and doing things to make changes for my own self, I would be a hypocrite. We got to be honest. 
We got to be truthful. God, help me where I'm weak. And that's all the Lord's looking for. He's only looking for a willing vessel that meets you where you're at because that's the love of God. We don't have to compromise. But we have to choose this day if we're going to continue to live the lifestyle that's, un, that, that's not conducive with the Lord. The separation is in the willingness to change and our intentionality in doing so. We got to change. It is crazy, and I say this often, it is crazy to expect godly results with ungodly character. When we do things intentionally that we know is against God's will, it's like premeditated murder. When you kill somebody, you go to prison for killing somebody. But when you plan it out, oh, now it's premeditated murder. Why are we premeditating our own life? By doing things that we know we're intentionally doing. Like, I, I know I struggle, but, it, but I'm going to keep doing it. And, you know, and, and God knows my heart. Yeah, he does know your heart. And he knows you're doing it on purpose. Because there's no, there's no repentance in that. Don't say you're repenting if you're still doing it. And not even trying. People say that. They say, well, one day I'm going to change. I'm going to, well, why one day? God wants to do it now. Listen, I'm swallowing this pill, right? Don't be mad at me. The renewed mind gives us the power to reject the lie and say no to the compromises of this world, no matter what they are. It doesn't matter what the compromise is. The renewed mind gives us the power. Compromise, listen. Compromise wants our purpose and it wants our destiny. It is after your walk with the Lord. It did it to, to Demas with Paul. It wanted his walk. And he was in the midst of it all. Can you imagine if you're only going to church on Sunday? And you're doing it because of a religious guilt? How much easier it would be to be swayed from somebody who walked in the glory every day of their life. Compromise is anything outside of God's thoughts and plans for you. Anything that's outside of God's thoughts, that's compromise. Now, we're going to speak on a topic <laughs> that may be uncomfortable for some. But like I said, the Lord asked me, Will you not compromise? And then he said, will you speak my truth? Well, let's talk about purity. 
What about ungodly relationships? What about premarital sexual relations? See, y'all are just too quiet on me now. But what about premarital sexual relations? If you're a single male, if you're a single female, and you're having sexual relations, and you're not married, you are out of order. You're out of order. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Don't be mad. I'm not saying this is what the Lord is saying. We can sugarcoat it all we want. It's out of order and it's a sin. This is applicable to all sexual and lustful desires. All of them. Like I said before, we can't expect God to bless bless us with with all the abundance of where our, the character that we're living is not godly. It's like giving the person that goes to life in prison and they get a hotel room with full cable and a refrigerator, right? They get all the amenities of the free world. When we choose a lifestyle of sin, we are making a conscious decision knowing the results. Knowing the results. I had an interesting thought this morning when I was, I was reading the scripture. Um, out of Romans 6.23, and we know this one. But Romans 6.23, and it says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the thought that I had was that if the wages of sin is death, when we live in sin, we are essentially working for a paycheck. Because when you get paid something, you receive wages. And what the scripture is saying, for the wages of sin is death. It's like we are living a lifestyle of sin. We are, we are, we are like, oh, oh, I'm putting in some extra hours this week at work, right? We're working for a payment, which is spiritual death. Spiritual death. Wages, the definition of wages is this. A fixed, regular payment, typically paid on a daily or a weekly basis, made by an employer to an employee, especially a manual or unskilled worker. Well, let that sink in for a little bit. You see, compromise, it'll lead to downfall. Are you guys okay? All right. Compromise will lead to a downfall. I'm going to show you something. Let's, let's turn to Judges 16. Let 
I use this Bible here because this one's like, I can zoom in. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We're going to go to Judges. We're going to go to 16. And I'm going to read... Uh, I'm going to read this whole chapter. I, I was trying not to, but, but I'm going to because I really want us to grab this. And it's a story about Samson. You see, Samson was a judge over Israel, and he was chosen by God to deliver them from the Philistines. But compromise with Delilah, who was working for the Philistines, led him to his downfall. Compromise, again, the big C word, right? So we're going to start in, in, in uh, Judges 16. It says, now Samson went to uh, Gaza, and he saw a harlot there, and went, to, went into her. When the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place to lay in and wait for him all night at the gate for the city, of the city. They were, they were quiet all night, saying in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and two gateposts, and pulled them, pulled them and the bar and all, put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Isn't Hebron the mountain of God, right? Interesting. Afterwards, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him and afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So then verse 6, so then Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and what you may be bound to afflict you. And Simon said, I mean, and Samson, Samson said to her, if they buy me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall be, become weak and become like other men. Verse 8, so the Lord of the Philistines brought up to the seven Fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now the men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said to them, The Philistines are upon us, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings, and strands of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said, Samson, look, you have mocked me, and you told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound with. So he spoke to her. If they bind me securely with a new rope that never have been used, then I shall become weak and be like other men. Verse 12, he says, Therefore Delilah took a new rope and bound him with them and said to them, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room, but he broke them off his arms like a thread. Verse 13, and Delilah said to Samson, <clears throat> until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what 
you may be bound with. And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my hair into a web, web of loom, so he, she wove it tightly with the, uh, the batten of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon us, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the, the batten, batten, am I saying that right? Uh, of the web of the loom. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you with your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. In verse 16, it says, And it came to pass that she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that, her, that his soul was vexed to death. I want to pause right there. If you read the scripture, it doesn't say that he was having intercourse or being intimate with Delilah. It doesn't give that description. But I will submit to you this. It says that his soul was vexed. And when you are intimate with someone, there are soul ties that happen. See, we're, we were talking about purity. So in his intimacy, it says that his soul was vexed to death and he compromised the truth of the power and he told her all his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head for I have been a Nazarite of God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and other like, like any other man. We go on, we go on, you can continue reading. He goes on, they come in, they capture him. His hair grows back, right? His hair grows back, but the compromise said this. So when they go and they come, he gets released. He says, Lord, let, let me die with what he's going to do. He killed all these men at the end. I want you to go read. He kills everybody at the end, but it cost him his life. Compromise will cause you your life. It'll cause you your life. In Genesis 3, Adam compromised God's law and he followed his wife's sin and he lost paradise. Abraham Compromised the truth and he lied about Sarah's relationship with him and it nearly cost him his wife. Moses compromised God's command and he lost the privilege to enter into the promised land. Israel compromised the commands of the Lord and lived in sin. And when fighting the Philistines, they lost the ark of God. You can find that in 1 Samuel 4. She also compromised the law of God with sin and idolatry, and she lost her homeland. Saul compromised God's divine word by slaying animals of his enemy. And what happened? He lost his kingdom. 
You see the pattern, what compromise will do? David compromised God's standard and committed adultery with Bathsheba, murdered Uriah, and he lost his infant son. Compromise. Solomon compromised his own convictions and married a foreign wife, and he lost the United Kingdom. Judas compromised his supposed devotion for Christ for 30 pieces of silver, and he was separated from Christ for eternity. Peter compromised his conviction about Christ, and he denied him, and he lost his joy. Later, he compromised the truth in order to gain acceptance, and he lost his liberty. That's in Galatians 2. Ananias and Sapphira compromised, they compromised their word about their giving. They lied. They compromised. They lied to the Holy Spirit, and they lost their lives. God is raising up a generation of sent ones, guys, who have been tried and tested in love and that are motivated by the Father's heart. So how do we create new patterns under the reign of God's love and mercy in our life? I got five Spend time with prayer. Number two, resist the devil. Resist the devil. Compromise is not your portion. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. If you have been living a life of compromise, Change it today. His mercies are new every morning. Every morning. Number three, read the word. Get in the word. Serve others. Walk in submission. And lastly, Listen to the voice of God. The Lord is always speaking. Compromise stops you from hearing. Compromise will let you hear other voices and, and it's deception. You're okay. I'm okay. I'm good. I know the Lord. The Lord knows this one. The Lord knows my heart. He does know your heart. That's the scary part. Romans 12, 2 in the message says, don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you 
and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity inside of you. We are transformed by the renewal of our minds because of the finished work of the cross. Listen, I'm almost done. A transformed person will transform cities. It will. You you will. I'm saying you will. A transformed person will not compromise because a transformed mind does not agree with the compromised state. A transformed person puts God before our addictions. A transformed person will impact and bring transformation to everyone around them. Everyone around you will be transformed by your transformation. I like that. You will transform cultures and regions. You were born for this time. Every one of you in this room is an ambassador of the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Today can be a brand new day. He's a good God. When we fail to see from the eternal realm, which is the heaven's reality, we will feel like we're always fighting an uphill battle. Everything will feel like a struggle. Man, it feels like I'm fighting this thing. and Yeah. Just getting through. But when we see from the eternal realm, we see the heaven's reality is our reality. And our language will begin to speak. Listen, I'm not going to lie. The, the, the enemy tried to attack me this week on how I was seeing some things. And I had to recognize, praise God for my wife. Well, is that the Lord? No, that's not the Lord. Kind of like a, she was like my Caesar Milan. Hey. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> snap me out of it. Sometimes we just need a company of heaven. Come on, I got to be transparent. People, we struggle, right? But we need a company of heaven. Those that are around us say, hey, hey, it's okay. Pick yourself up. That's not who you are. That's the kingdom. That's why repentance is so key. Metanoia means to change the way we think, that we live with a renewed mind, that we see and speak what the Father does in heaven, always. So I want to say this again. What ecosystem are we of? The ecosystem is the belief system of the reality of the kingdom. We are a kingdom community interacting 
in a heavenly environment on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Ghost. You know, this message wasn't meant to target or, or address to anybody. It wasn't. But it was, it was meant to bring an awakening of the, the validity and the, 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 the vitalness of, of compromise in our life. We cannot continue to live a life of compromise. It'll disqualify you from the promise. It'll try to take you from your destiny and your purpose. And all it needs is a small foothold. If you're living a life of compromise, if you're having sexual relations outside of your marriage. And listen, I don't, I don't care. Well, well, you don't know my story. I, you, you don't know my story. My, my story is a little bit different. I, I, I'm, I'm dealing with the, this situation over here, so, you know, I can't do No. God's not going to honor that. Let's speak truth. We have to speak truth. If you're living that life, stop it. See, compromise in the kingdom. That's the title of today's message. Compromise in the kingdom, it doesn't exist. There's no such thing. There is no compromise in the kingdom of God. And therefore, if we're not of this world, if our place is in heaven, that means we should look like heaven. So what I want to do is, is I'm going to open up the altar. If this message has touched you, I want to pray for you. You can come up. But I really feel like the Lord wants to bring breakthrough for some of us this morning. Because see, compromise, it's after your purpose. It's after your destiny. Compromise doesn't just have to look a certain way. Compromise in the school. Our children, our youth, our young adults, those that are dating, they're grooming each other. You know, don't set yourself up for failure. Those thoughts, those, those impure thoughts that come. We got school systems now where, where we got open lesbians and transgenders doing what they're doing. And they're doing it with the blessings of the school. But it came from a compromise somewhere. Somebody compromised. Somebody gave it a foothold. And because that foothold, now that door's been wide open. 
Now we got kids at school, little girls and boys, dressing up like cats. And they're using litter boxes in school. It's demonic. It's deception. We got little girls that think they're lesbians now. They're confused. Little boys. Compromise. It just takes a little bit. It's just a beer. So, I'm not sure where to go here other than Holy Spirit, have your way. If anybody needs prayer, I'm opening the altar. If you don't, then I'm going to pray for dismiss. But Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. Lord, even though this is not a message that many are comfortable with, but Lord, you, you bring it forth, God, because of the greatness that we have inside of us. And we speak purpose and destiny, God. I speak purpose and destiny, God, right now. Lord, even those that are here in the front right now, God, whatever areas, God, that they are saying, they might have seen any kind of compromise or they might have seen any kind of open door. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's not important to us. Lord, this is between them and the Lord. Whatever it is, God, right now, Lord, you would re remove it right now. Compromise. Be gone. In the name of Jesus, we speak the open heavens upon us, God, right now, Jesus. Lord, you say right now, even you say that, that if we deny you before man, you would deny us before our Father, God. And even us stepping forth and saying, no more compromise. We choose you this day. So, Father, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just say right now for a renewal and a refreshing, God, to come upon us. Anything that's not of you, Jesus, that it will be removed. Lord, you would take away and you would remove anything that's not of you. Every lustful desire, every impure thought, whether it's sexual, whether it's monetary, God, it doesn't matter what it is, God. Anything that, that exalts itself higher than you, Jesus, we put it and we lay it at the altar right now. We lay it at the altar, we lay it at your feet, Jesus. That when I walk out of here today, God, that as they walk out of here today, Lord, they walk out new with the renewed mind. A renewed mind, Jesus. No longer identifying with the past. No longer identifying 
with the old way of thinking, God, but they will walk out renewed and refreshed, God, as the sons and daughters that we have called to be. And we thank you, God. Oh, Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the awakening that's happening right now. That as we go, God, oh, I see lighthouses. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the lighthouses, God. Oh, they will be beacons of light, God. They will shine bright, God. They are the end-time army, the end-time warriors, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name. Stay up here. Let's worship for this song. And just thank the Lord. Come on. Let's give the Lord a shout. Come on. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Come on, if you pray in the Spirit, pray. You alone, you alone are God. Oh, Jesus. You're worthy, God.
There's power in the testimony. Is there anybody in here uh, that you felt something happening? Whether just uh, come on up here. You said you you felt something going on. Come on. See, we got to talk about the goodness of God, right? What are you? What? Tell me what you're feeling. What's going on? I was down there and I felt like the Holy Ghost go over me and like a big pressure of relief, like the anger and everything, like just disappeared, like. I don't want to hold on to that anymore. Father, we thank you right now. Give her more. (laughs) Anybody else feeling anything going on? Come on. I don't know. I just keep shaking. Like my, yeah, like, I don't, I can't stop shaking. (laughs) Come over here real quick. Put your hands up. Lord, give her more, more power, your presence, and your glory. Fire! Flow! Woo! Anybody else? Come on. Holy Ghost. How many feel breakthrough this morning? Come on. Feel breakthrough in the house? Breakthrough in the house? Yes, you want to share? Come on. No? Come on, dear. Come on. Weirdly enough. The past, I don't know, month or two, I have been in a season of that, that um, compromise. Like, it's been, it, it's weird. I have not been here, and this is the first Sunday I've been back in about a month. And it's like, you just, it was just, that's just me. That's where I've been. And I've been working at a bar, and so I'm in an environment all the time. And I forgot that I belong to him. So I go into work, and I and I am Jesus, and then I go home and I wonder if I even impacted anybody when I know I did. Because I go in there and they're all happy to see me. And they're like, when I told them I put my two weeks in because I quit, I'm done. It took priority over God. Yeah, I'm done. It took priority over the Lord and I knew because I wasn't getting any sleep. And when you don't sleep, there's no time to talk to Jesus in the morning and there's no time to talk to Jesus at night. So it's like something had to go and it was that. And so I decided and I did that. And ever since I decided and laid that down, I've seen all the compromise just gone. And this morning, this morning I woke up and I was getting ready and 
I was frustrated because I just wasn't on time and I'm never on time. There's always, I just always need more time. I got frustrated and then all of a sudden this feeling of like ugliness just came over me. I felt so ugly and disgusting and like I can't even tell you, like I just felt awful and I, it was that like self-hate and I was like, that's not the Lord and I got in my car and I, I drove to Sam's house. We're going to come here and then the a song, I was, oh yeah, um, here's my heart, Lord came on and I made the decision that I wasn't going to let any feeling trump what I know is true. And it was an easy decision. It was easy. And the breakthrough I've had is just confirmed being here. I it was it's amazing to me because I don't have to come here to get my breakthrough. I can go to him. And that's what I want. Come on Jesus. Put your hands up. Lord, bless your God. Power, Jesus. Woo! Come on, man. So good, so good. I love it. Well, I want to bless you guys. Father, let me, I'm just going to close. Holy Spirit, thank you for just doing what you do. Jesus, we just, we thank you, Lord, for touching hearts and encouraging and refilling us, God, and renewing us, Jesus, that today is going to be a brand new day. Lord, that we would go home, God, and we would be a light, God, everywhere we go. We would impact and transform those that we would meet and encounter, God. Lord, let people see Jesus. Let the Lord, let people see you and us, God, everywhere we go. That compromise has no portion in our lives anymore. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.